Today's podcast is sponsored by Discovery Plus. I've been absolutely glued to the Giro d'Italia each day since it started. Every stage of the Giro is available live on Discovery Plus. The great thing about Discovery Plus is if you're out training or you're working and you don't manage to catch the action live, you can stream all the action at your convenience whenever suits you. As well as the Giro, they're going to have the Tour de France, La Vuelta a España and loads more bike racing. All the bike racing you need from just $6.99 a month. You can go to discoveryplus.com or download the Discovery Plus app from your app store. The app is also available on a wide variety of platforms and devices, including Amazon, Apple, Google, Roku, LG, Samsung. Check out discoveryplus.com to get started and the link is in today's show notes. And remember, terms and conditions apply and a subscription is required. It's for 18-year-olds and over only. Like any subscription, your monthly or annual plan will auto-renew unless cancelled. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, it is episode number 443. Thank you for joining me. I hope you checked out yesterday's chat with Paddy Houlihan. I spent all yesterday evening responding to messages on Instagram about the Paddy Houlihan chat. It was such an amazing chat about so many different topics from visualization to we touched on the homeless crisis of all things. It sounds bizarre and maybe if you haven't listened, it sounds not that engaging. But I tell you, it's tough for me to get praise from a podcast from Sarah. And I got praise from Sarah. She said to me, I think that might be my favorite podcast you've recorded. So definitely go back and check that one out. Today's podcast is something that's so strange and so unusual. And there's such a fun part in the middle of this podcast. It is a chat with William Lamb. And William Lamb has been tagged the Yoda of the West. So I resisted the urge to use too many Yoda-isms, as I joke about in the first few minutes. But he teaches us how to change our internal dialogue, how we can change the quality of our thoughts. Because once we can change the quality of our thoughts, this is like I'd refer to it as the big domino. If you can topple the big domino, the quality of your thoughts, especially around values, like how you view yourself, you can topple and create cascading changes in behavior around habits and around dietary changes and things like this. So an example I try and use and try and pull from is if you see yourself as an athlete versus if you don't see yourself as an athlete. An athlete has very specific habits. So just making that one change of, I am an athlete, and changing that internal story that's playing in your head saying, I am an athlete, this can have far-reaching consequences on whether you get a text from a friend on a Friday night and he says, do you want to come out for drinks? It's like, hold on, I'm an athlete. Do I want to go out for drinks? When your boss says, do you want to work an extra four hours tonight, but you have a session plan that's like, well, do I want to work four hours? Would an athlete do that? So making that one change in our story can have massive, profound effects. And that's what I talked to William Lamb about. But in the middle of the podcast, and I didn't even know if he was going to go for it because William is someone who works with massive high net worth guys. So I actually got him to live on the podcast, coach me past fear and trying to take my fear that this podcast is something that could disappear and go away and it's something I spoke to you about in the past trying to take that fear break it and bring me to the next level and he does it live on air it's a fascinating chat so I'm not going to push it off any further let me welcome to the Roadman podcast the CEO of Upgrade 
William Lamb. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, William, how are you? I'm doing really well. Been a busy week. Yourself? You, you got to work pretty hard to get a nickname of the Yoda of the West. It's, it's my marketing team. You just got to have a marketing team though, right? Thanks. So I, I think I've got to come up with so many like Yoda-isms during this chat. So it's like, happy to chat I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I had a podcast guest on recently, uh, Paul Darmody. And Paul is an expert in nutrition. And he works with athletes to get them to their ideal body weight. But an interesting area of the chat, which I think is a nice place to uh, pick up our conversation, is the end of his expertise and the start of your expertise is the mental element of it. Because somebody can achieve a change in their external physique, but if they don't change the story they have in their head about how they see themselves, they're never going to be that athlete. We hear stories all the time of you know people who come from dirt poor backgrounds and they get great financial uh, resources, but they never see themselves as a rich person. So they don't change that story in their head and they end up losing all the money. And it's the same in sport. We see people and they grow up with an identity of I'm not an athlete. I'm a fat guy. I'm whatever. And because of that, they just never change that internal dialogue and they default to you know, what they tried to get away from. Indeed. It's so true. So how do we go about changing those internal messages and those internal stories? I think it begins with the understanding that the hardware deserves the best software. And we have the most magnificent hardware, even when we're physically not yet at our peak performance, not to mention those, the individuals that are physically at their peak performance. Um, a lot of times people just have software that have, I would say, issues. And the best way to put it, I would say, is uh, there's nothing wrong with people. It's just the software sometimes there are bugs. And those bugs cause us to act and behave in such a way that causes problems. And if we were to look at computer as a metaphor, right, or, or the operating system, the software, that's like our identity. Yeah. But then within that operating system, there are softwares. And, you know, we call these values and beliefs. And within these softwares, there are different functionalities. We, we call these, you know, micro beliefs, micro decisions, and, and some of those are limiting. So when you can change someone at the micro belief, micro decision level, um, it can create an impact. But when you can change someone at the operating system level, at their identity level, all of a sudden you will influence thousands, if not tens of thousands of micro behaviors and, and therefore cause a massive shift in the physical for them. Because once you have that identity shift, I find that, so you've identified these as kind of the overarching values and then you have the micro values underneath them. But I can see that as well. When you change somebody's identity to say they are an athlete, as a result of that, athletes have certain habits. So what do athletes do? You know, we could list our habits all night, but, you know, what do athletes do? Well, they lay their kit out for training the night before. They train regardless of the weather. They train regardless of how they feel. 
They don't stay out till 2, 3 a.m. drinking. They don't order takeaway food. We have, and all that is a byproduct of, like you're saying, just changing that one value. Yes, I am an athlete. Indeed. Makes a big difference. So your external world that you have, if we're to unpack and go with continuing that logic, the external worlds that we create for ourselves is very much a product of the internal dialogues and stories. Is it possible if somebody's had a, maybe you've had a particularly difficult childhood or maybe you've had a schooling experience where you've seen yourself one way, is it possible for an adult, for somebody you know over the age of 30, over the age of 40, to install a new belief system or is there a point at which it just becomes too difficult it's not only possible it's i would say necessary if they were to want to experience their full potential think of it like this uh, i think a good way to explain the external and the internal and the change that can occur um would be this this metaphor imagine if we took a computer and a projector back to the 1800s and we project a cool image on some wall somewhere, and we ask the people to, to see if they could change the image projected on the wall. They would perhaps attempt to change the projected image. They would try to mess with the wall. They would try to even play with the projector. But what people don't know is that that projected image came from the source, which is the computer, not the projector, not the projected image. Oftentimes, when people have certain trauma or negative experiences or certain beliefs that were installed in early age, it's important for them to not just try to change the projected image, the external world, that they do the internal work. And I mean, that's what we specialize in in Upgrade. It's how do we change these internal softwares so that they can experience that change externally? And the change can be rather quick. If I were to put it simply, I'd say a lot of the methodologies that exist even already in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and early 2000s can help someone change a lot of those things within a day, sometimes two, three, four, five hours. What we're doing an Upgrade is we're talking about literally within an hour or even 30 minutes, some of these changes at the fundamental level, at the identity level, can be created. So... We're seeing like Tony Robbins is obviously the most famous student of neurolingual programming. And I think he famously actually never even completed the neurolingual programming course. So was at one of his seminars and he was talking about how he went into neurolingual program and they taught him a bunch of stuff. And he was like, oh, this is amazing. And then he went out at lunchtime that day and he started like fixing people and he started changing them. And they're like, whoa, you're not certified. You can't do it. And he's like, but I have a tool. Why can't I change it? So I don't know if he ever even qualified in it. But like, here's a guy who's worked with everyone from you know Barack Obama to Mother Teresa to I think six or seven presidents and celebrities and athletes. You know, Ireland's Conor McGregor, uh, who's obviously a, you know one of our local athletes. And the power of neurolingual programming isn't something that really gets into the mainstream consciousness it's something that i think you need to be quite quite you know you need to be quite focused on that narrow area to really understand the power of this mind training can you try to unpack for us a little bit the origins of this and the application for its everyday use absolutely so um 
neurolinguistic programming has, uh, I mean, has its origin when Richard Bandler, John Grinder met in um, one of the universities of California. Not to get into the details, they eventually they essentially found a way to use language to program the human mind as if we have computer programming language to program the computers. And their discovery, some would say, and this, this may just be a rumor, or it may be totally true, is that because it's so powerful and it was utilized and, and tested in such a way that created so much result, um, a lot of people wanted to learn it very quickly. A lot of people heard about it. A lot of people um, that got into it during those days, um, unlike Tony, who was not only naturally gifted and also very hardworking, very smart man who who's done the work and, and made it work, some people out there just read a book and they're like, hey, I'm a practitioner. And all of a sudden, the, it creates a almost a not-so-positive um, review, yeah, or, or not-so-positive um, what people are saying about it, yeah, during that era. Um, but the ones that who actually went through the process, learned how to make it work, many of them had created massive success for um, for themselves and for others, like Tony Robbins, right? Um, but to answer your question straight, I would say the origin was really truly to discover how we can change the human mind in the least amount of time with the most amount of efficiency. And here at Upgrade, we we actually utilize NLP as a foundation, um, not as the whole thing. Um, we we spent well over $100,000 in training with NLP, within the realm of NLP. However, I spent another $1.7, $1.8 million on developing Upgrade, utilizing other methodologies that exist out there. Because just like NLP was able to create a change so fast in that era, Comparing to, you know, previously, who knows how many years of, if not decades, it took to create change, NLP was able to do it within weeks, if not days. What we're wanting to do is, as technology evolves, so should the technology for the mind evolve. We, we on, in Upgrade, we're actually, I would say about 80% of it is not NLP, but we, we utilize the foundation of NLP to create change in even faster ways. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, and what's interesting in your grammar is you use a lot of words, very specific, focused words like install, like delete. It seems like there's a very systematic way to do this. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and I can't remember who the host was. What I remember the guest was Wim Hof, the breeding specialist. And what I thought was really cool on the podcast and it even got me to stop as I cycling on the side of the road. He said, okay, everybody stop what they're doing and we're going to do a breathing exercise. We're going to go along and we're actually going to do it right now instead of talking in the abstract about it. Is there any of your techniques or theories that you think could work like that that we could do right now that we could pause this and you could say, okay, in the next 60 seconds, we're going to X. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's say the topic of fear, right? Um, Athletes, entrepreneurs, investors, business owners—frankly, anyone—experiences fear. And but if we were to get really specific, let's say it's the fear of going for what we want, because people either consciously know they have that, or unconsciously they have that. 
Otherwise, most of us would be going for what we want, right? So I'd be happy to utilize that or anything else that you think we could. We could. Yeah, let's dive into that one. That sounds amazing because I'm, I'm even thinking about myself when you're talking about that. Because I suppose the statistics on podcasting, you know, I'm my podcast isn't a Joe Rogan. It's not a Tim Ferriss. And when you look uh, at the big data on podcasts, they have these like 10 podcasts that make it to 0.01% of podcasts. And then the rest of the podcasts are quite transient. They maybe last a couple of years if they're a good podcast, but only the really special ones break into that, you know, permanent podcast status so for me it's definitely it's that fear around well can i make this like long-term sustainable so when you're talking there i'm totally seeing myself in this fear already excellent i'd be happy to help you remove it and the listener can apply it to their specific fear let's do it i'm pumped awesome now just a little disclaimer um obviously we're not psychologists psychiatrists we're not the licensed personnel in, in this given country of the listener. However, this technique may, and I, this is a disclaimer we have to say, right, may cause the <laughs> individual to experience such change that they will go for what they want and that they will find themselves feeling no symptomology of the fear. Um, that being said, the, the exercise is extremely fast. You can expect it to be done within literally 60 seconds. Um, very simple visualization. And now, Second part, this is not really a disclaimer, just a prep. Um, what we're going to do is essentially using a graphical user interface for your, for your computer, where most of what we do to tell our mind to do something is literally like command line in computer. We just type in a command and hopefully it executes, right? Yeah. But what brought the modern day computer evolution was, or even revolution, would be the graphical user interface where you can use a mouse or, or even use your hand and touch now to move things, to change things. What we're doing at Upgrade is essentially that next step, bringing graphical user interface to allow us to be able to create change that much faster. So um, if I would, and if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes just for a second, um, just consider if you were to know, you have a fear, you said, of moving forward to your next level, yeah? How would you describe that if you could describe that in a couple of simple words or maybe a sentence or two? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's a feeling that the success to date is a temporary success and that at, it's not a sustainable success and that to punch through to it being a sustainable career, it needs a unknown set of skills. And maybe these aren't skills I have. Maybe these aren't skills that I can acquire. Love it. Now, that feeling that you just used that language to describe, if you can identify for me, if you were to know where is that feeling, don't think about it. Just point towards your body. Yeah. Now, what color is it? I'm going to give it like a dark blue. Dark blue. What size? It's like a like a golf ball, but radiating. Energy. Okay. And, and is it the shape of a golf ball? Okay. Yeah. Consistency? You, you already answered that, didn't you? But could you tell me just a teeny bit more? Uh, expand on where it is. It's any bit yeah, sure. So, yeah, I'd say just upper, sort of above my pecs, top of the chest. Perfect golf ball, bluey color, radiating. Excellent, energy. excellent. Now, in a moment, I want you to light up all the neurology that's connected to that. 
that fear. Yeah. In three, one, light it all up. How, how do you mean line up the neurons? Oh, just imagine it connecting to the rest of any root cause, anything that could be related, any limiting belief, any thoughts that could be related to that. Just allow your mind to light it up. Meaning you could even see it visually, like it literally lights up, like electricity. Yeah. Once you're able to do that, it seems like you're already doing it. Perfect. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. This is the removal process, which will literally take like three seconds. So I want you to reach up with your hand, just one of your hands, and uh, just put it actually right where the golf ball is, that, that right there, that feeling, yep. And I want you to imagine with your virtual hand reaching in, in three, two, one, I want you to yank it out, okay? Three, two, one, yank it out and pull it out. And then let it go. Now, if you will open your eyes when it's done, do you smell popcorn? I'm not sure my girlfriend's cooking some chicken down there. That could be okay, you smell. <laughs> if I may, I'm going to ask you now. What, when you think about um, moving forward and that old feeling of fear, where is it? Is it gone yet? It definitely feels different. Feels different, right? How do you feel instead? It feels like the fear is more defined and I understand the problem a little more. So if I was to, I love diary and I love writing and it'll be definitely something I'll diary on tonight that it feels like there's a definite problem that can be solved. There's a pathway to success a little more. It's maybe it, it's taken that time and that quiet to, identified a problem which maybe i hadn't previously done now we're going to do the second part we're going to install confidence to replace this and uh feeling now let me ask you too i want your input let's say you do move forward because that fear is gone and then you successfully become that top 0.01 percent of podcasts what's what's that feeling like if you were to know how would that look like sound like feel like it's definitely it's a, so my background before I got into podcasting I was a pro cyclist but before that my university education I was a barrister I, I was trained as a lawyer so I suppose my in my mind that's a safety net and I suppose in my family's mind there's always that underlying question oh will he pack in this podcast and will he pack in the cycling coaching and move back to law so success for me it, it's a feeling of definiteness definitely definitely on the right path it's a feeling of security it's a feeling of permanence it's a feeling of this is no longer a, a temporary stopping point on the journey it's somewhere where i can i i don't know if it's a it doesn't feel like a monetary value it's more of like a feeling because i i and again back to nearly what we were talking about at the start you know i could get a hundred thousand euro a month at the moment in podcast sponsorship and i don't think that would change the feeling it's it, it's a feeling of security now you have felt that feeling before haven't you you have right could you think yeah okay could you identify when the last time you felt that feeling the strongest was when that moment was yeah and if you were to know what it, it was, like if you could just point 
I don't know why I'm pointing for my shoulders. Somebody's just, I don't know why I'm answering these questions the way I am, but I am. I can't identify why I'm answering my, yeah, I feel like it's in my shoulders. I feel like it's almost postural shift, like my shoulders are back into a more confident position. Nice. Now I want you to close your eyes for a second for me. And I want you to duplicate that, that energy. What color is it? Could you tell me? It's like a yellow. It's like a combination of like a yellow and an orange, like almost like a fire. Nice. I want you to duplicate it and or intensify it and or both and make it even more powerful than before. And I want you to now allow the energy to expand and fill up that space where now you can feel also around your throat and your chest and all around you that feeling of security feeling secure feeling confident that security net yeah that feeling continues to expand and intensifies and then it begins to ascend into your mind in your head and down through your core and all the way down your legs giving you a full body of confidence a feeling radiating from your core but now even your shoulders and your throat and your chest feels even stronger. That feeling, it's, it's very bright. You can see it. It's so intense. Now when it reaches its maximal intensity, lock it in place. And then open your eyes when it's done. Now when you think about your... Uh, that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. You feel good? That was that was really fun. I'm hoping the listeners actually stopped. I, I think if you didn't stop and stop what you were doing, obviously don't do it if you're driving a car or riding a bike, but pull in somewhere safe and sit on a wall or sit in your car and rewind the podcast to the start of that and try it along with us because it's it, oftentimes I'm a, like as an Irish person, I think we have this inbuilt hesitancy around mental programming there's like, especially my generation, you know, I'm probably, you know, six, seven years older than you. There's definitely a macho bravado around. There's almost a vulnerability around trying to improve ourselves in a mental capacity. It definitely as an Irish guy, I'm not sure if I can speak from where you're from. So I know we have a reluctance to engage with this. And maybe some people had that reluctance to engage at the start of the practice. But I would highly encourage you to try that because you feel different after it's wild. Like I definitely have more of an energy about me. It's it's late in the evening here. I've had quite a long day of podcast and I didn't have brilliant energy starting the show. And I feel like I have a different energy right now after going through that practice, which is totally bizarre. So to to follow up on that and to build upon it, like how do we create these predictable states more often? Because I'm acutely aware that our mental and our emotional state are probably the most powerful predictors of performance, whether that's performance in a relationship, performance in sport or performance in a professional capacity. So how do we create predictability in that? So to have consistency, oftentimes I would, I mean, there are several ways. Um, but one of the ways I would say is to design what we want. So it, it addresses more of a systemic problem. And, and if I may explain it quickly, I'll do that. Um, 
oftentimes people are not waking up in the morning first thing thinking, "Oh, what a wonderful day it will be! Oh, what are all the opportunities? I'm so blessed! I'm so excited! So grateful!" People are thinking about their problems. They're reaching for their phone, looking at emails and text messages, thinking, "Oh, I have to solve these problems." So inherently, the human mind are waking up to problems and going to sleep with problems. And what that does, it it puts us in a state where we're not oftentimes feeling that feeling that you just felt, right? It puts us under a state of threat, which causes us to feel that feeling of fear. Now, that saturates our neurology. I would say most of the population. However, if we systematically train our mind to focus on what we want, that allows us to override that. And then begin to saturate our neurology with what we want instead. Now, what we want is not something like just a feeling, right? What I want, what I would say is, when we think about what we want, and or in my situation, what I want personally, I always recommend my clients and or our, our students to design tangible things that they want, and that means things that we want or experiences in the physical that we want, because along with the I I love that because uh, sorry to cut across you. I love that because I think often it's a problem with goal setting that it's too intangible. That it's these wishy washy goals in the future. But when you break it down to you know five things that I would like to have, five things that I would like to do, five things that I would like to be, somehow it when it becomes more specific it's easier to identify those as well because I think we suffer from a lack of creativity when the question is too broad. I completely agree. I completely agree, and also people, when they set goals for just intangible things, intangible things like feelings, oftentimes can arrive immediately. We can program our mind and have it arrive immediately, but what is tangible may not arrive immediately, and it actually requires a change. So, just the fact that we designed what we want in the tangible will actually trigger a change in the intangible space. And I was reading recently. I'm, I'm, I can't remember the author's name, but people often list like their number one goal as happiness. But he's like, you know, chasing happiness—it's a mirage in the distance. So he said the opposite to happiness he feels is boredom. And so instead of chasing happiness, you should chase excitement. So and then it becomes tangible because you can list five things that excite you. It could be a you know an evening out with a loved one. It could be a trip. It could be an item, and it just becomes much more into the physical world rather than chasing a like chasing smoke or like chasing a shadow. So true, so true. And and when it comes to happiness too, it's a state that we can literally experience any time we want. Notice when I asked you when was the last time you felt, you know, that feeling of security. Right, that feeling of confidence, and you were able to identify a time, and all of a sudden we live through that feeling, and we can even intensify it simply just by asking your mind to do the visualization. Same thing with happiness. Just to and just to to finish up, uh, William, just conscious of your time. I want to talk about goal setting in the long run do you believe in like i have a, a vision that i try and just literally one page in my diary and as i'm in writing down my morning diary i'll try and have a two or three items that i'm uh, have gratitude for that morning i will write down 
you know, how I feel and just checking out my body as an athlete. But I will also revisit my vision for where I want to see myself going. And my kind of theory with this, and maybe you can tell me if this is flawed logic or if there's a better way to do it. I kind of look at my vision as if I'm a captain on a ship and I'm sailing from Ireland across to America. And every now and then, I just want to have a glance out the window and make sure the ship is pointing in the right direction so I can correct course. And if I'm not going the right direction, I can say, oh, well, this is my vision. This is where I want to go with my life. Now I've been given this opportunity, but this opportunity doesn't line up with my vision. So it's like, keep tweaking the vision. And every morning with me checking in with that vision is the best way I can think to do it. Is there a different strategy you would recommend or a different way you sort of teach? Yeah, there's a way to enhance, let's say, because your strategy is excellent. Um, to enhance it, I would say, let's say you're going from Ireland to the United States, um, consider where you would go after, but not just the next step, but also the next step and the next step and the next step, even stretching into the century, like a hundred years from now, right? Now, some may say, hey, will we be alive in a hundred years? Not the point. But if you can stretch your vision that far, it allows you to create greater precision along the way. Because all of a sudden, consider your ship and your crew will most likely not say, oh, we're just going to the United States. We don't need to be as prepared. We don't need to have extra resources and extra safety net to secure the next 50 years, the 50 journeys. We only need it for crossing the Atlantic. All of a sudden, you're... That's brilliant. I love that. What about Asia? What about, you know, going going down through the Mexico, you know, and all the way over to the Pacific and then back up, you know, down up up through Indian Ocean and down through Africa and back up to Europe. If you're thinking that way and, and or even beyond that, then naturally your ship will be that much more prepared and you'll have more resources gathered early, unconsciously, so you're not consciously stressing about it. I love that. And it's a brilliant analogy because we have a lot of pro athletes to tune into the podcast. And a lot of time as a pro athlete, because I've been there myself, we calibrate the finish line as the end of our career. But the end of our career isn't the end of our life. The end of our sporting career could be, you know, 32, 35 years of age. But we somehow let our standards slip at that point. We lose focus on goals. We lose focus on diet. We lose focus on progressing and moving forward and from all the, the stoic philosophy i've read one of the common threads that makes people happy is progression and progression could be in spirituality it can be in personal life it can be in fitness in relationship but unless you feel like you're a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday it's like a recipe for sadness and depression and sucking on a shotgun ultimately it's very important to progress i would say it's one of the core programs of the human human mind human identity William, I absolutely love this chat. Uh, if people want to check out your upgrade program, learn a bit more, or if they want to ch take charge, if they're not in a place that they're happy with at the moment and they want to change that internal voice, what's the best place to check out your program? Have a chat Yeah, absolutely. You? So we have um, Upgrade. Uh, it's on Upgrade.com, but it's spelled as U-P-G-R-D.com. And on there, people can find our programs, um, the schedule link with our team, as well as even our podcast, which is a free resource. Um, I always recommend people start out with our 21-day um, focus challenge because that's, that's where I outline how to design the next 90 years 
or the next century and also design the 100 things, 100 experiences and even install it in the unconscious so that you don't have to even review it as much. It will naturally begin to be executed at the unconscious level. William, thank you very much for joining me on the Roadman Cycling Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. There is painstaking effort that goes into research, recording, scheduling, and production of this show six days a week. Now, I am actually asking for something in return. Come on now, folks, you owe me this. Right after I stop talking today, can you please take out your phone and do two things for me? Firstly, can you subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to the podcast? And secondly, leave a review of the show. These two simple tasks make it so much easier for me to get to the show into the ears of people who need to hear it. Come on, it's the least you owe me after all the hustle I've put into bringing this show. So all I ask is you do it now before you forget and it slips your mind. Thank you very, very much, Roadman. man.